1: Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com.
0: And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us for Minute 68 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. I just wanted to give a special shout out to Adam Liebrick Johnson for joining us as a guest the past couple of episodes. He's not just a weekend pirate with the Royal French Privateers of Clan Darksail, but also entertaining the peeps as part of the band Poxy Boggards. So head on over to our Facebook page or website, and we'll definitely post some links so you can check them out. Got to be some YouTube videos we can share and that kind of stuff. You know, I've been really busy lately, and I just <laughs> have like fallen off the wagon, if you want to call it that, as far as getting everything in order, or my ducks in a row, I should say, to have things posted, to be able to... Comment on our new Cursed Listeners crew Facebook page. I mean, what the hell is going on now? Now it's like I got all this stuff set up and then everything's going to pile on so I can't get to it in a timely manner.
0: Well, you waited until the last minute to do the taxes. so
1: Yeah, that is a bummer. (laughs) And you want to talk about somebody with a black heart. Definitely the IRS (laughs) as we wrote them a big old fat check. Yeah. Just hurts my soul. I feel like Reggetti rubbing my wooden eye. Yeah. Like it splinters. It splinters something fierce. One of those yeah. things. Yeah,
0: splinters something fierce. I can tell you.
1: They obviously thought I had a golden eye, though, because they're like, you know, you really do owe us some more money because of that golden eye you have. And I said, I don't have a golden eye. It's just wood.
0: Maybe, maybe they think we really are pirates.
1: That or they're going, my god. They're doing a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast. They just got to be rolling in (laughs) dough. Let's hit them up for it. Some cash and some buried treasure. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you have a real pirate on the show or, you know, a weekend pirate. He's not a real pirate because he wanted to point that out. So thanks, Adam. We did notice that you did point that out. And as far as we are concerned, you're a real pirate. So we'll just go from there. Again, thanks again for, for coming out and joining us and... Hanging out in our dungeon and
0: He's a pirate that showers though.
1: Yeah, he is a pirate that bathes. One of the yes. greatest lines that we've had so far in the, in the episode <laughs> Pirates that bathe. It's a new wave thing. So anything on your end or should we just jump into the minute?
0: Actually, I wanted to mention something about uh, being marooned. I know I mentioned something yesterday, and I forgot a couple points, and they're really good.
1: Does this mean we have to rehash? I mean, we can do it. I mean, it is our rules to break, so I guess we can go ahead and do that. If you have some, okay, we're rehashing. I know I've done it in the past, so (laughs) it's okay then.
0: So you have the pirate that's been marooned, and he's given one shot.
1: Yeah, a shot of rum.
0: No, for his gun. (laughs) there's
1: all, I want to be marooned.
0: <laughs> <He's No. on. laughs> it's pretty brutal, as Adam was saying yesterday. Yeah, that's true. So he, if he would prefer a quick death, he can use that pistol himself. But to do that is actually damned his soul forever. Oh, yeah. So it's not, you know, it's actually...
1: So it's like a twice punishment kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder mm-hmm. how many pirates were religious.
0: It's a, It's interesting
1: you yeah, don't want to get into religion. No, but, <laughs> no, but that's in, I mean, yeah. at the time period, definitely. Yeah. It's always interesting when you think of that, though, because you have pirates and these murdering, kind of pillaging, plundering people, yet they adhere to the cross, if you want to call it right. that. And then, but all this other stuff that they're doing, it's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And one more point, if another ship came by, the captain, if the captain seen somebody, they would assume that they're a pirate and they'd either ignore them or they'd actually pick them up and shackle them and bring them into port for punishment.
1: Oh, really? Because yeah. I, I know that there are some stories, although actually that's possible because I do have some stories about people that have been marooned and being picked up, but maybe that they pleaded their case and they knew who they, that they weren't pirates, if you will.
0: Right. There was a story I was reading about Edward England, who was actually marooned with a couple other people. And he was able to actually build a boat and escape the island to Madagascar. So really?
1: it was kind That's of, no yeah, in, in
0: 1720.
1: It's funny you bring up actually some real stories because I too have some real stories that I was going to share later on in the minute when we get to some of the things that happen in this. Just jumping ahead, rehashing, jumping ahead. It's just a complete free-for-all. What about the format? The format.
0: Well, I wanted to mention this because I forgot to say it yesterday. Oh, uh, I see. Gotcha. So I wanted to make sure you knew about it.
1: Oh, I knew about it. I didn't it. want you to I didn't be in know about dark. that particular one, and I didn't know about that stuff. But probably okay, deep then. down, I had to have known it because I'm all-knowing, right? There's
0: no way. Okay. Let's get on with the minute.
1: In the previous minute, and on the most rarest of occasions, Gibbs almost choked on his rum after Will Turner calls out the scurvy dog in the room by not divulging the fact that Jack was once the captain of the Black Pearl. After recovering from the precipice of the most serious pirate party fouls of spilling or choking on your drink, he explains Jack learned a hard lesson and proceeds to fill Will in on the circumstances of the mutiny and subsequent marooning. He's saving that one shot for he who shall not be named. Not Voldemort, everybody. <laughs> Actually, it was simply the fact that our minute ended just before we could find <laughs> out, and we ended up with a person who shall not be named. <laughs> it's like the Harry Potter week or something, or maybe it's the past couple of episodes. I know when Adam came, it was a Hagrid moment. Yeah. There. So, yeah. I guess we're giving a shout-out to all of our Harry Potter minute callers. Yeah. Minute 68 begins with Gibbs giving us the details that it was, in fact, his mutinous first mate. Unlike Norrington, Will Turner does pay attention and deduces that it was Barbosa, which Gibbs confirms with a simple, aye. But the question remains, how did Jack get off the island? Well, says Gibbs, I'll tell ye. The tall tale commences with he waded out into the shallows. The minute ends with Gibbs asking Jack, what if the worst should happen? As any true pirate knows, the answer is, keep to the code. Aye, the code, says Gibbs. As Will's suspicion grows. No dot, dot, dot and nothing. We're just jumping right into it. Wow. Yeah. This particular minute is the epitome of storytelling in the movie, I think. Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott have created this theme about telling stories. And we've talked a lot about this in this particular film. And we see it throughout. There's all kinds of variations on it. We've talked about that before as well. So I'm just saying all these things that we talked about and you can listen to that. I don't know if that makes for a good podcast, but yeah, it just happened. Send all your hate mail to Heather for the poor performance I just had on this introduction part here.
0: I have a special file cabinet for him. Yeah, Ah!
1: that you (laughs) do. However, most of the stories are variations of, like I said, what's happening in this movie. Not with just the characters or the backstory of The Curse of Black Pearl. But here we get a true tale. A tall tale by Gibbs, I should say. Jack escapes some marooning by harnessing sea turtles and sailing away on them as a flipper-propelled makeshift raft.
0: A tall tale? That is totally doable.
1: Well, I didn't. You know, actually, it's funny because I did try to find real instances of people harnessing sea turtles and sailing away to safety and? or being saved by them. I could not find anything.
0: I found that they ate them. Arrgh!
1: Well, it looks like we were both on the same thing. And I wasn't going to bring it down by talking about sea turtle eatings and well, drinking their blood and all that kind of stuff. part of the time. Alive. Well, it's part there of anything. It's used to be It's not even now, even now, though, that there's been instances, even say modern instances of people eating sea turtles to stay alive people after they've been.
0: Don't eat sea turtles anymore. If they're out
1: on the water and they're trapped and there's no food or water. No. Yeah. I've they're read not instances. plentiful anymore. That's why there's been so many people just floating around on rafts <laughs> in the ocean. They've actually decimated the sea turtle population. <laughs> no, actually, the green sea turtle, I think, has come back and is no longer an endangered. Oh, really? Yeah, it's something like that. I don't remember which one. But I believe that they have come back and they have been removed. They all live in Hawaii, though. Like, There's been a notch down. So they've been demoted, if you will, on the endangered and threatened species list. And I'll have to fact check that myself afterwards because it's been a while since I heard that. But I believe that is the case. If we could get back to where we are at, all the while, Will is giving Gibbs his undivided yet skeptical attention. He's like hanging on every word here, but not... Yeah, but not in the sense of, I can't believe this. What an incredible story and an escape. But I think it's, I really can't believe this.
0: Yeah, he's just like staring at him like he's trying to figure out if it's true. But I think when the turtles came along, (laughs) he's just like, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I I don't know if he's looking at it because like, I can't believe this. This is so crazy. It's an over-the-top story. And I'm looking for something to poke a hole in this fable. That's what I look like. He, he's really like hanging on every word, trying to find a hole in the story. That's how I kind of got it.
0: Yeah. He, he, but he doesn't get a look like he's disbelieving.
1: No, he gets a look of like he's really focused on yeah. the story. He's really intent on everything that Gibbs is saying. But that's because it's almost like he is trying to catch him. Yeah. Catch anything that doesn't sound right. Hence the sea turtle bit.
0: <laughs> ah, sea turtles.
1: Exactly. And that's why I think he calls Gibbs out on the whole roping sea turtle thing. Yeah. It's like then he says, Well, what did he use for rope? And even Gibbs is stymied by this question. Yeah, it's
0: like Gibbs ever thought of this before. No, why would he like, Oh, you're right.
1: He's told he's probably heard the story a thousand times from Jack because he's been with Jack or is maybe his first mate, or he's hung out with him before, we know that. He's probably heard this in every bar that they've gone to or pub, tavern. And Jack uses it to catch women.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's ever questioned. No. And so he just roping. went
1: along and you know bought it. I don't know if the whole part of Jack giving him that answer helped with the women. But definitely maybe the roping sea turtles and getting away from marooning. Because the most interesting part for me is the look Jack is giving Will when he is questioning these facts. It's like daggers. Or maybe it's that disgust. Or I'm I'm not actually quite sure what it is. Because he is giving him like a stink eye or something. Yeah. It's like, how dare you question my escape story by asking for another detail? Because <laughs> if you look, Jack is really kind of like irritated yeah. that he's asking this question.
0: Yeah. Like, why would you even think of asking such a thing? Yeah, because
1: nobody else has ever uh-uh. asked this. And now it has. And now...
0: Jack's got to come up with something. Yeah.
1: So why does Jack say human hair is what he made the rope <laughs> of? And that's just like any human hair... it's like why not say something more believable like fashion something from palms or there was some rigging that was ashore from an old shipwreck or i mean what was it that caused him to be so cavalier with this crazy answer i mean was he really irritated at will for asking and just gave him this answer in disgust or just to see how far he could take it what what is the deal do you have any idea
0: i'm not sure maybe it was just kind of you don't believe me here. This is how I did it. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna give you a real answer. I'm just gonna give you this.
1: So now Gibbs is human gonna be hair going-
0: from my back.
1: Yeah, Gibbs is gonna be going everywhere now and saying, Yeah, Jack Sparrow and- got off the island with human hair from his back. He used his rope to
0: And Gibbs isn't even questioning that. He's just sitting there shaking his head up and down yeah, but he's- with a smile, yeah, like, he's Oh yeah, see?
1: I don't think he believed him though. I think he just was like, Yeah, see, there's an answer. <laughs> No way, no way. Gibbs believes that. I mean, this guy's Rapunzel from the back. Then, if that's he's able to get rope. I mean, this guy, this guy needs to be on the the deck of the interceptor here, getting daily back shaves. Not even daily. It's got to be hourly because you got to have some kind of Sasquatch-like properties that you're just growing this kind of hair for him to be able to rope that. And so we'd see him being shaved all the time. That's not happening. Unless he does it like some kind of X-Men superpower that he can <laughs> grow spontaneous hair when needed to fashion rope. But I think Gibbs is just like so tickled with the story that, well, they're te- he's telling a tall tale. Gibbs probably believes some of it. He knows that maybe it wasn't the whole truth. And then Jack throws in this crazy thing that just is pretty funny. Yeah. But I think the look is more awesome than anything right? because he really is giving Will the look like, God dang you, how dare you question my story? I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. That's all it should mean. You don't have to know the details. I got off the island because I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Sea turtles were involved. That's enough. So like I said, I did try to find some information as far as like sea turtles being used to construct a raft. And I really didn't find any reference to this as a real event. I actually figured I might find something or a historical story or something that would mimic or somewhat play into this particular thing i thought maybe maybe the writers heard something and used that because they had heard about it in the history or was like a legend or something like that and surprisingly i didn't find anything
0: nothing at all huh
1: no but people like i said did have sea turtles saving them because they ate them and it's not quite what i was looking for so (laughs) i could just imagine this is a real story or tale and perhaps it is but a quick search on google resulted in nothing Except all the stories of people saving sea turtles from ropes and things like that and nets.
0: Human hair ropes?
1: Not human hair ropes. <laughs> that was not.
0: You may not have found any references as of people using sea turtles or rafts, but they were common.
1: Not for lack of trying. I did really search for that.
0: <laughs> they were actually a common part of the pirate diet and were kept alive.
1: Canned sea turtle? Yes. <laughs>
0: no, they were actually kept alive aboard the ships on long voyages by being flipped onto their backs. God,
1: that's just brutal.
0: Yeah, I mean that's. I'm sad. sorry to say,
1: I feel bad for the sea turtles on uh, that. Yeah,
0: it's really sad.
1: I mean, how long were they just kept on their? Ba- God, that's just. I don't know. Not only that, for you're long upside, voyages, God, you're upside down. Way to bring everybody down. Sorry. Now look what you've done.
0: It's a fact, though.
1: A factoid about sea turtles being kept on their backs. What look. about my canned sea turtle? That not that just seem much better? Dispatch quickly, canned, then they yeah. could have them. Pickled sea turtles yeah. in wooden barrels. No, we have no to, to sea safe, turtles at all. see that they were kept on their backs. You know, yeah. wah, wah, wah.
0: <laughs> Sorry to bring everybody down today. <laughs> yeah,
1: again, send all your just... Frustrated emails to Heather about how you just were bummed out by her little fact today. Yeah,
0: bummed me out too.
1: In the Pirates of the Caribbean expanded universe, the term sea turtle actually is a thing now. So it's a word associated with a miraculous escape from desperate situations, most likely popularized by the fanciful legends that surrounded Captain Jack Sparrow. Though the term was first used by his father. Captain Edward Teague. So look for this term to circulate again in future movies. When you get sea-turtled, or you sea-turtle, that means you get out with a miraculous escape. Huh.
0: Very interesting.
1: Exactly. So that's how sayings get started. I was sea-turtled. <laughs> <laughs> I sea-turtled my way out of there. See? I yes. like it. I think I might start using that. People uh, go, what are you talking about? And I say, well, I escaped. I escaped the dungeon. Did Heather keep me I was going to say. I sea-turtled myself out of the dungeon. (laughs) Heather didn't know where I was.
0: I was going to say, what would you have cause for using I sea-turtled my way out of it?
1: Well, just think about it. Besides the dungeon. You could be at work. You know, you have to get your work done. And the boss is riding you. And somehow you just get all the stuff done. And the boss says, oh, you got it done. You go, yeah, I sea-turtled that. (laughs) You miraculously got your work done. (laughs) I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean. Actually, better yet, I was listening to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute all day. Didn't get my work done until the last 10 minutes. And I sea-turtled it. Done. The boss thought I was working hard, but no. I was just sitting there kicking back.
0: i would start using that at work.
1: Yeah, you should. <laughs> Tell us your sea-turtle stories at work. When you use that as an excuse of how you got the job done and nobody knows how, you say, I sea-turtled it. And if they do ask, you got to rope in somehow about human hair. It was part of that miraculous thing. From your back. How'd you get the computers to work? Well, I sea-turtled it. And what I had to do was tie the chip back in with some human hair. <laughs> it's kept like falling out. There you go.
0: There you go. That'd be kind of funny to see people sea-turtling it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Maybe that needs to be a t-shirt. I sea-turtled it. <laughs> we were talking about in the beginning, too, as we're talking marooning and castaways. This tends to be our theme right now. I do have, like I said earlier, a real pirate tale. Well, semi-pirate tale about marooning because the person marooned was not actually a pirate. But it has some similarities because many people did not believe the guy and thought it was just a work of fiction. Which really plays into what we're seeing here. A guy that was marooned. Nobody believes that that's the way he actually escaped. And I thought it fit perfectly. So the guy's name is Philip Ashton. And he was born in 1702 and died in 1746, just for anybody who cares to know that. He stayed as a castaway on an inhabited Roatone Island in the Gulf of Honduras for 16 months in 1723 to 1724. His memoirs about his solitary stay were not believed by everyone. And some people believe the book was a novel in the style of Robinson Crusoe. However, unlike Robinson Crusoe, Ashton was genuine. In June 1722, Ashton was captured by pirates while fishing near the coast of Shelbourne, Nova Scotia. In the Boston newsletter of July 9, 1722, Ashton was listed as being one of those captured by the pirate Edward Lowe. As Ashton refused to cooperate with the pirates, he was often threatened and managed to escape in March 1723 when the pirates landed on Roatone Island in the Bay Islands of Honduras. Hiding in the jungle until the pirates decided to depart without him, he was left behind. He survived for 16 months in spite of many insects, tropical heat, and alligators, and all these other calamities. In the beginning of the story that he wrote, he only had fruity because he really didn't have anything else except his hands to actually collect food. That was until he met another castaway that was an Englishman. Yeah, so he's already oh, really? a castaway on an uninhabited island. Another guy shows up. Now we're getting to this point of, okay, what's really going on here? This is why people don't really believe him. So a few days later, the Englishman said he was going to go out and check things out, but he never returned. The Englishman left behind a knife, gunpowder, tobacco, and more, so Ashton can now kill tortoises and crayfish and make fires to have hot meals and all that kind of good stuff. He was finally rescued by the Diamond, which was a ship from Salem, Massachusetts. Then he made it off, and then he was able to write his book, and then people didn't believe him.
0: Huh. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, so there's some weird coincidences that happen, so that's why. And I haven't read the book, but that was kind of just a short synopsis of it. So if anybody has any other details, feel free to share those with us. Perhaps in our Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. Join that, everyone. According to the History Channel, and this is because I have another instance of a castaway, Scottish mariner Alexander Selkirk began a solitary... Castaway existence in 1704 when he arrived on an island off the coast of Chile along with a group of British privateers. The men had spent the previous year harassing Spanish shipping around South America, but when they dropped anchor in Juan Fernandez archipelago, Selkirk got into a dispute with his captain over the seaworthiness of their ship and essentially elected to stay behind on the island with only a small supply of weapons, food, tobacco, and rum to keep him company. He would eventually spend more than four years and four months alone on the island. Jeez. Yeah. He passed the time by notching the days and months on a tree, reading his Bible, and chasing goats, first for food and then merely to have something to do. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do every day. I
0: <laughs> chase goats.
1: I, well, actually, I chase goats too. That is a hobby of mine. But actually, I just sit there and notch wood all day, month, day, year. And I actually. Down in do your basement? Down in the basement. Yeah. I actually also notch the time too. That way I have a complete record of what's going on. But Selkirk was finally rescued in February 1709 when a band of privateers led by Captain Woods Rogers stopped at his island. The wild-haired and bearded castaway initially had trouble remembering how to speak, but he went on to become a minor celebrity in 18th century England and was likely the inspiration for the title character in Daniel Defoe's 1719 novel Robinson Crusoe. See how that all tied together? I have a Robinson Crusoe tease with Ashton. And then I rounded it out with Selkirk, who is perhaps the inspiration for Robinson Crusoe.
0: So awesome.
1: But boom boom So. Oh, there's no questions about this. Oh, I have a question. No, there's no questions.
0: He, he forgot to how to talk for a minute there. But wouldn't you be talking to yourself all the time? I mean, I talk to myself even when there's people around. And you
1: still can't speak.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, even when you're around, you'd be talking to the goats you're chasing.
1: I think probably because he stopped doing that. Four years, four months. I mean, his hobby, for God's sakes, was notching days and months into wood. That's what he did to keep semi-sane. And chase goats. I think that there's other issues going on there eventually. So he Tom stopped Kate. talking to himself. Maybe he didn't like what he had to say. Maybe. <laughs> He's like, would you stop talking? And so he just shut up.
0: Tom Hanks continued to talk to himself.
1: No, he didn't. He talked to the, Wilson. The Wilson, he didn't. He still talked, but he wasn't to himself. Now, if this yeah, guy he had was a talking. volleyball, hey, if he had, he had a volleyball, goats? if he had volleyball, no, but it wasn't the same. Wilson was an actual person, and if he had a Wilson volleyball, then all the things could have been different with Robinson Crusoe. Maybe goats aren't going to talk back. Wilson talked back clearly. <laughs> I mean, come on, we're not. We're talking Wilson versus goats. You're not crazy. You can't talk to animals. Not Dr. Doolittle thing going on here. Keep to the code. Keep to the code. Let's get back <laughs> on point here. Keep to the code. Jack tells Gibbs to stick to the code if all the worst should happen. So I had a general idea and basically get to the context of what that means. But I did decide to revisit the Pirate Code of Brethren just to see what might actually apply here. Unfortunately, there really was only one answer that could seemingly work in this particular context. So my hope of steering everyone astray out there and coming up with some fanciful other code, bullet point on this pirate code, actually failed. So do you happen to know what the code is? Do you happen to know what it is? What what do you get from the context of that that stick to the code? I mean, it does come up if I can look to the future. We do have Jack do that, but I don't think you remember. So I think I'm testing you what?
0: To leave him behind.
1: That's right. So, the one point from the code that applies is any man who falls behind is left behind. And that is directly from the pirate code of brethren.
0: Wow. That's completely different than our military code. Don't leave anybody That's behind. That's right.
1: But they're not pirates. So, if they were pirates, they'd.
0: That's
1: well, like me. I would leave you behind.
0: Of course, you will. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gotta always keep an eye out for you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. I don't know if you have anything else. I seem to be doing most of the talking here today. So do you have anything going on?
0: I started it. What are you talking about?
1: Keep to the code, woman. Keep to the code.
0: <laughs> Leave Scott behind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Walk the plank.
0: <laughs> no, I don't have anything else for today.
1: So I guess that means we'll be back tomorrow With minute 69 of the Curse of the Black Pearl On the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Until then Let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum What's that Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her buddy Blimey Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home Heather wake up The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at BlackPearlMinute.com. It's that easy.